0: everything else and the goods that come to america down by helping the ports 24 7 by changing a whole range of things that you know what's happened with covid covid has caused significant increase in prices in the supply chain
1: you're listening to the news on rthk
0: good morning and welcome to the new format back chat i'm andrew work TGIF for Friday, February the 11th, to get ready for a high-energy show. We are harnessing the power of the atom, twice. First, we are talking about tokamaks and breakthroughs in fusion power research. Then, we'll harness the power of Adam Chung, RTHK sports boss, is bringing us the latest from the Winter Olympics. First, fusion. Scientists working in Britain said they have smashed a previous record for generating nuclear fusion energy. They generated 59 megajoules of sustained energy during a, an experiment in December, more than doubling a 1997 record. The same day, Chinese researchers announced their own new record in generating sustained fusion. In a world breaking apart, the promise is that coming together can save us all. Fusion releases nearly 4 million times more energy than burning coal, oil, or gas and creates virtually no waste. It could save us all if we can safely harness it. After 9.25, we'll be joined by RTHK sports reporter Adam Chonga for the latest news from the Beijing Winter Olympics. So get ready and hit us with your questions or even just your opinions. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. Email us at backchat or at rthk.hk or give us a call on two three three eight. 8266. And we've got a couple of great guests today to talk fusion with us. First up, we'd like to welcome Herman Toy, Adjunct Assist- Associate Professor at the Department of Mechanical and Aerospace Engineering at the Hong Kong University of Science and Technology. Good morning, Professor Toy. Hi, good morning to you all. Good morning. We also have with us Dr. William Yu, who is the founder and chief executive of World Green Organization. Good morning, Dr. Yu. Hi, good morning. Good morning, okay. Uh, Dr. 2 we're going to start with you. What is new, we, you know, people hear about fusion energy. It's been talked about for a long time. It hasn't really become mainstream yet, um, but why are people excited about this new advance?
2: Okay, now, for nuclear energy that we can harness for, let's say, electricity generations, there are actually two uh, versions of it. Uh, one is by splitting up uh, atoms. This is called nuclear fission, and it's being deployed in the existing uh, nuclear power plants. The other is fusion, that is to combine uh, light atoms, like deuterium and tritium, these uh, hydrogen of the hydrogens, and then when they combine, they can also release energy. and so in order to release this energy we need to actually confine them uh, so that this really uh, energetic uh, particle fuel gases now called plasma can be held together in sufficiently long enough time that the nuclear reaction can take place
0: right but we haven't been successful in actually harnessing that you know out, outside of the second spider-man movie with toby mcguire it all went wrong for dr octopus um because is it because we can't sustain the reaction or is it because it's hard to control?
2: Well, uh, the fusion uh, research basically started in the 1950s. Uh, Actually, fusion has been demonstrated successfully in terms of the nuclear bomb. But uh, when we want to use it for energy generation, we need to control it so that the energy release will be in a steady slower manner and unfortunately uh the scientists face quite a lot of uh complications problems uh, than they anticipated uh they thought in the 50s that they we could have uh, fusion power in something like 15 years but all along there are actually more challenges uh that they need to resolve first mm-hmm. and but actually uh, the problem has its dignity and
0: making it headway. Right. So, I mean, the headway is what's interesting, and why we're talking about it. I know in Britain, uh, you know, they made this announcement that in December they were able to maintain a sustained reaction for five seconds, and they were really excited about those five seconds where they generated fifty-nine megajoules of energy. Uh, the the Chinese uh, people at the experimental advanced superconducting tokamak. Uh, and I guess we might have to explain what a tokamak is. You know, they, they claim they were able to maintain a sustained, uh, a sustained reaction for 17 minutes, which is a lot longer than five seconds. Why are we so excited about this now?
2: Yes, uh, indeed, the announcement uh, is for another uh, world well record. Uh, uh, what it amounts to is that uh, the studies now have been able, uh, in the JET device, to sustain this is a fusion reaction for a decent period like a uh, few seconds. Now in reality we want to extend this to at least minutes uh, for a commercial power plant operation but this is a major step forward. Okay. Now it's not only just the energy release in this occasion that uh, have a, another world record uh, the jet uh, device uh, which is uh, house at Corner Laboratory in the UK, has been upgraded to make it closer, uh, similar to the next big device called ITER, being built uh, at Cartrash in France. That is still the big experiment that everybody's looking at and hopefully that will bring us really a uh, major step forward to us, uh, commercial nuclear power generations. Yeah. So in in church the actually replace the inner wall previously made use of graphite tile to metallic ones. Uh, and over a couple of years, they worked pretty hard and they eventually success it and repeat the fusion reaction they had previously achieved and even with a higher level of energy released. So that actually add more confidence to the uh, success of it when it come around to operate uh, in 2025.
0: Right so in 2025 the ETER is coming online in France. Uh, today we're talking yeah. about what's happened at the joint European Taurus in the UK. Also the experimental advanced superconducting Takamak uh, in China but You know, the one in the UK and the one in China, they're they're also collaborating to produce results that will then be tested in the big French one. Dr. Yu, um, are are you following these carefully? Are are you interested in this from an environmental perspective? Because, you know, this promise is clean, uh, huge amounts of energy and, and, you know, with no emissions. Is this, you know, what's your take on this?
1: Um, Okay, yeah, that is a perspective perspective. you know, there's a role for this new technology to play in achieving a carbon neutrality. Um, you, you can see now we have different uh, uh, energy, different format of energy, uh, biomass, solar panel, uh, geothermal, all these are very encouraging. But uh, the limitation is, uh, say, for example, for wind or uh, uh, solar energy, uh, they have uh, kind of intermittent char- uh, features, which means they are not available all the time. You know, uh, we have sunlight only in daytime. daytime. Uh, we don't have wind sometimes uh, at night. So um, there are limitations. What we call in uh, energy policy is um, they cannot uh, form the uh, base load technology which means they can uh, be available all the time, p- providing uh, stable energy supply. So now what we look for is uh, coal fire the traditional as a base load uh, technology.
0: Or, or, or nuclear fission, traditional nuclear energy, which we have and is very steady exactly. and stable, right? Yeah.
1: yeah, energy efficiency is another. But uh, if energy efficiency uh, belongs to the demand-side management, we try to Reduce the consumption, but definitely we need to look for the uh, energy source, the supply source. So um, the other energy still, uh, I, I think um, uh, we need to take care about the e- carbon emission uh, to a certain extent. Sure. But but now this technology have a, a, a very uh, you you look at the input and output. Okay, so it's almost a a kind of. Um, We we need to study the energy input, you know, to produce this nuclear fusion and the energy output. So uh, I I think uh, because of a a big uh, output uh, amount, then uh, maybe it's very attractive in uh, avoiding to produce, you know, carbon.
0: Sure. I mean, attractive if we can make it work and work safely, but I mean, you know, as a Professor Tsui pointed out, this has been promised since the 1950s. You know, we're always 10, 15 years away for the last 60, 70 years. Do you think it's actually going to happen and be viable? Uh,
1: technically, I... In, I, in, the, I in
0: the near future?
1: Uh, Frankly, I'm not a technical expert in this area. Uh, it's, it's, um, I, I don't know the feasibility, but what I can see from the policy perspective is, uh, can you scale up is there any safety issue? And, and also, you know, like a nuclear plant, we need a, a water site nearby in order to do the cooling effect. So some conditions are required uh, in terms of geographical or safety condition. So um, to further commercialize this energy, we need to look at, you know, different uh, kinds of uh, conditions
0: whether they can fulfill in different countries. Right. Okay. Well, uh, that if then we need a technical expert to answer that question. Dr. Tsui, or Professor Soy. we're coming back to you on this one. So we we've got this these these experiments have taken place in something called a torus which is like a donut shaped array of lasers, correct me if I'm wrong, that focuses uh, focuses their their energy on a in a t- what's called a tokamak. And that's where the fusion happens. You've got to heat these these deuterium, these tr- uh, tritium atoms up to the point where they begin to fuse, and then you have a reaction. But how safely can we contain that reaction?
2: Okay, now, uh, in order to fusion, reaction, there are a number of uh, ways to confine it. And they try many different configurations, including like you just mentioned later. The far is the most promising one. And it uh, is based on a tokamak configuration. Now, uh, actually, fusion is very safe because it's based on very small amount of uh, uh, fuel, which themselves is actually radioactive. But they, unlike the existing nuclear power plant, they don't have problem with the uh, spent fuel or after heat kind of issue. So it's perfectly safe. And in terms of uh, the reserve, uh, fusion in principle can last for millions of years. So it's really an ideal form of energy supply, but then again, it's still very much in uh, research. Now, the scientists had already demonstrated scientific feasibility, there's no doubt about it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, we are already moving into technical feasibility to the engineering. It's one of the major uh, uh, kind of uh, objective for it is is to demonstrate the kind of technical integration feasibility. And after that, uh, the a World Committee is thinking of the next device called Demo, uh that hopefully will be coming online around 2050 or so. And hopefully by then we'll have uh, already a pilot in terms of uh, producing electricity in a commercial sense.
0: Wait, so ITER is in France. Where is the new one you just mentioned? What's it called? FAMO? Where is that going to
2: be? Dammo. Uh Actually, it hasn't been de- uh, decided yet. It's uh, being be signed, uh, it's still very much on paper exercise, because you still have to rely on some of the uh, result data from uh, the data operations mm. to uh, finalize. Okay. So, but uh, already, the design has already started.
0: Okay. And is, is that going to be a bit of a political bun fight in terms of who's going to put the money in, who's going to try and get it located in their country for prestige reasons? I mean, is there a lot of politicking around that?
2: Oh, definitely there will be because uh, many of these uh, cooperating countries are very interested to host it for many benefits, uh, obviously. So even for Italy, Japan and France were two major countries that were trying to host it. And defensively, uh, France got the most of the vote, so uh, it is now uh, located at Cartarresh uh, in south of
0: France. Right, right. And, and I mean, do you think that this announcement by the Chinese researchers at uh, EAST, the Experimental Advanced Superconducting uh, Takamak, is it, do you think that they're kind of making announcements to say, hey, you know, these guys in Britain say they're doing a great job, we're doing even better? You know, is that, is that part of the politics or is that just straight science?
2: Well, uh, uh, every uh, major uh, contributing country are continuing their line of research. Uh, basically, every country is aiming at pushing the frontier in uh, different directions. Uh, in ITER, is mainly trying to achieve the highest Q, uh, this so-called energy production factor, uh, because in a real reactor, we need to produce more energy output than, than we need to put in. Uh, ITER is expected to have a Q of 10, so 10 times. Now, even in the recent uh, JET results, uh, Q is actually still less than 1. That means we're still putting more energy in than getting
0: out from it uh,
2: at this point in time. That,
0: that doesn't sound like uh, a good deal.
2: Well, it's always quite big. Q is pretty close to 1 now. Mm-hmm. And so uh, because these devices, uh, like JET and other, they were not really designed for long uh, period of uh, fusion reaction in the, the inner wall uh, will not be stand the high uh, power output from the fusion reactions. So they can only control it to a certain level. And other would be aiming at other countries, like I understand yeast have been able to produce a high temperature diffusion plasma for extended period of time. We're talking about minutes uh, of durations. And so that uh, from the angle, they're supposing the other fund is to move to a more steady state uh, operation yeah, for mm-hmm. the future commercial
0: reactors. Right, so when I asked you if it was safe, you talked about waste products, you know, so it doesn't have messy waste products like nuclear power, it doesn't have emissions like carbon, but then, you know, you just said that the walls are not built to withstand sustained uh, fusion reactions. I'm talking about a different kind of safety. When you say the walls are not built to withstand, what would happen if they ran the fusion reaction too long? Because the idea is that once you get this reaction going, it just kind of runs itself, doesn't it? Does it peter out? Yeah. Or when you say it won't withstand, will it blow up and blow up the the town of Cullum in England? Or what what could go wrong? Well, to start
2: with, it won't kind of explode at all. Uh, If anything went wrong, the physical structure, this wall, Got damaged, then the fuel got leaked out into the uh, containment building. Yeah. Uh, but then the reaction will cease, it will stop altogether. Okay. And there is no afterheat or anything that needs to be handled, so it uh, will be closed down in a very safe uh, manner.
0: Okay, so it's it's not going to start off a chain reaction that will turn the Earth into another sun, orbiting the sun and burn us all up. Is that fair? We don't no, have. No, we don't, we don't no, have to worry no, about that. Okay, good. I'm just I'm just getting the comic book tropes out of the way, Doctor. Yu, do you do you have any concerns about fusion energy?
1: Um, I I think another aspect we can look into is in long term because due to the uh, huge uh, the, due to the demand for a huge amount of investment. So now is uh, we can see the progresses uh, much made by the publicly funded labs. So uh, it's much a long way ahead of the private firms, but in the future, how how we can you know uh, make it popular? Um, Maybe uh, run by the private company Uh, is there is there any possibility? Although I know, like the founder of uh, Amazon, Jeff or or Jeff Bezos, yeah, Yeah, they they already invest, uh, but but in long term, how we can uh, make it a uh, uh, perfect uh, run uh, uh, business. Uh-huh.
0: So you're, you're talking about the commercialization of it. I mean, of course, right now, these, these fusion reactions are being run by uh, research scientists, primarily funded by government. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so, I mean, uh, Professor Toy on the commercialization front, because I've also had it brought to my attention that you're, you're a bit of a businessman. You're the CEO of a company called a, uh, A1 Tech, working with fusion plasma technology for air sanitization. So you're a little bit of a businessman. Uh, how does this move from research science to a commercially viable energy source?
3: Right
2: now, uh, the data, even the demo, uh, the scientists uh, has been taking a very conservative approach based on the existing knowledge to scale them up. So both data and demo are going to be reasonably huge device and so it really needs uh, international collaboration to make it work now in order to commercialize it we need to find a way to make this kind of fusion power plant uh, more economical to construct so one of the main approach uh, the one that you just mentioned named uh, sure. actually being focused in uk as well is to turn the talk into into a much smaller tie with a small hole in the center. And they call this the uh, spheromac.
0: A a spheromac?
2: Spheromac. Okay. Uh, In that way, it will become much smaller. Mm. Now, uh, you can imagine that the construction cost and everything actually is linked to the size of the device. Mm. So spheromac will have a much uh, much smaller size and a lot of uh, so-called cost advantage. Over existing in Tokamak. In other countries, there are also other uh, configuration design that could also reduce the size of it. So you can imagine there are two main streams of R and D at the moment. The main thrust ITER and DEMO is trying to get the fusion on track and demonstrate that it is technologically feasible. But then there are also other focuses in different countries in trying to make it more uh, economical uh, once when it uh, is uh, ready for commercialization.
0: Right. So JET in the UK, East in China, ETER in France, they are not the only players in this. There are other people working on this in other countries?
2: Oh, there are, there are still a few laboratories and looking at uh, different configurations. And even the approach that like you also mentioned earlier, uh, using laser. Uh, right. yeah, also in the US, Japan and elsewhere, trying to use laser to compress the fuel pellets so to uh, ignite it to produce the uh, fusion energy.
0: Right. And that
2: is actually another promising approach.
0: Right, so we got, we got to get that Q well over one to get more energy out than we put in. That's a, This has been super fascinating this, guys. Hopefully in the Year of the Tiger, we'll get fusion purring like an atomic kitten. All right. This is Professor Herman Choi, who's the CEO of A1 Tech and the adjunct associate professor with the Department of Mechanical and Aerospace Engineering at the Hong Kong University of Science and Technology, and Dr. William Yu, the founder and chief executive officer of World Green Organization. Thank you to them. And we are stepping out of the studio into the Ice Palace for the Beijing Winter Olympics. All right, and now we've made the transition to Beijing for the Winter Olympics continuing to harness the power of the atom. We welcome now RTHK's <laughs> man, Adam Jung. Adam, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Andrew. I love that. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I mean, I've, Adam Dung and, and Fusion today, it, it's all lining up perfectly for the year of the Tiger. But we're talking Olympics. What is the most exciting thing to happen in the Olympics today? I'm Canadian. Of course, I'm going to say hockey, but a lot more is happening.
3: Sure. You know, we'll, we'll get to the hockey, but I just want to start by mentioning uh, how well the Americans did uh, yesterday. Uh, Chloe Kim winning the Gold in the snowboard half pipe and the way she just nailed it in her first run. And I find it so interesting because she said it was such a hard time for her practicing. She wasn't able to nail those jumps during practice. And you hear a lot of athletes uh, in Beijing be- because maybe they haven't had enough time to practice. Mm. They haven't tried their new venue. So so the whole process has been difficult for them. And so after uh, Chloe came, won the goal. She was so surprised because it was so hard just, just getting there. But then, you know, when she stepped up. Uh, at the moment, she was able to deliver. And so she she was uh, the the first uh, woman to successfully defend a snowboard half-pipe goal. So uh, very happy for her. And yeah. then, of course, the uh, figure skating as well, Nathan Chen. Well,
0: well and, and before we get to Nathan Chen, with Chloe Kim, I guess the other thing was, as you said, she, she scored the points she needed on her first run. And that kind of gave her the freedom to just go for it and try some crazy stuff for her next two runs, right?
3: Exactly. And just enjoy it, you know? The yeah. same thing happened in the uh, free ski... Um, big air with the Norwegian uh, Mm. who won gold because he nailed it with the first run. He was able to like try new things and even carried his country's flag for one of the runs and and just uh,
0: really doing it in style. Brings a little bit of fun back to the Olympics, huh? Yeah, it does, and that's important. Yeah, okay. Okay, so tell us about Nathan Chen, the figure skater. Big story.
3: Yeah, they call him the quad king. So he is the new men's figure skating champion. Uh, He nailed five uh, quadruple jumps in the... um, in the free skate, and uh, he, yeah, winning gold for the Americans, with uh, two Japanese skaters finishing uh, second and third, respectively. Mm-hmm. The silver went to uh, an 18-year-old named Yuma Kagiyama, and uh, Shoma, Shoma Uno finished
0: third, uh, taking the bronze. And I mean, they're a real powerhouse because in fourth place was the former gold medal winner, who had a bit of a slip-up and was expected to win gold this time. So they had second, third. And, and
3: fourth. fourth. Yeah, that, that's amazing. So yeah, Yuzuru Hanyu finished fourth. Uh, he stumbled uh, on the first day and then just didn't do enough in the free skate to, to take over. But Chen was just so strong and he's so athletic.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, he's able to nail those jumps with so much confidence. He kind of reminds me of Elvis Stoico back oh, in the yeah. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah back yeah. in the 90s because that was when the quad jump became popular. Mm -hmm. And Mm Stoic was so athletic. I still remember his uh, uh, Bruce Lee uh, routine, right? He sort of dressed in this uh, kung fu costume Mm -hmm. and made those really athletic jumps. And uh, Nathan Chen reminds me of that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that that was really exciting. I mean, last week we had Pollux Young on the show, who was a former national level figure skater for Canada. And he told us, look for the quads. He said, that's what you want to watch for at the Olympics. So five is like the new... Best ever! If you can nail five quads, you're going to get a gold. Is that the deal?
3: Yeah, I think that's the new standard, and you see the women are doing it too. So,
0: all right, man. But we, you know, uh, we only got a couple of minutes left, and we got to talk some hockey, yes. man.
3: <laughs> so let's start with the men's. You know, Canada made a winning start; they beat Germany five-one yesterday in their opening group match,
0: nice, nice.
3: and uh, so they've basically avenged uh, losing to Germany four years ago in the uh, semifinals So this is pretty unpredictable because yeah, you have no yeah. NHL players this time. Yeah. Uh, also want to mentioned uh, the uh, women's quarterfinal gets underway uh, today. Mm-hmm. Canada is mm-hmm. up against Sweden.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I, I think with the women's, you know, it's usually the, the United States and Canada. They call it a bit of a two-horse race when it comes to that. But are some of the other countries like Finland and Sweden, other, other countries that are traditionally strong in men's hockey, are they coming on a little bit more? Can we expect any surprises? Uh, in,
3: in the women's, it's still going to be U.S. and Canada. But in the men's, uh, maybe Germany. But I think that the favorites are still U.S., Canada and the Russians. And uh, big game, uh, Canada, next game is against the U.S. Oh, yeah. The last-